Looks like we're ready to go. Praise God. All right. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Summit Church. Welcome, Summit Nation. Summit Nation is strong. Amen. Welcome all of our Summit family, guests, friends. Feel free to share this out. Share this out. That's not right, is it? But anyway, share share the, um, whether you're on YouTube or Facebook, share with your friends. Um, this is a very simple way that you can um, spread the gospel. Because guess what? I'm going to preach the gospel today. Amen. And uh, we want people to be impacted and lives to be changed because the word is powerful. The word is alive. Faith comes by hearing and hearing about the message of Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. Let's give him praise. Lord, we just thank you. We give you honor and glory. I thank you, Lord, <clears throat> for causing my speech, my teaching, my preaching this morning not to be with enticing words of human wisdom, but and demonstration of the Spirit of God and power that people's faith would not rest or rely on the wisdom of man, but in the miraculous power of God. I ask that utterance be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel that I may proclaim it fearlessly as I should in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. I feel my help today. I got, I, I, I got help. I'm not up here by myself. And I remind myself of that. See, just like I, I share with you, it's not by living by grace is, is living, um, is not living by performance. And uh, I have to apply that same thing too. Amen. Um, so we, we rely on God's ability. It's not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So under grace, we, we don't relate to God based on our performance. We, we relate to God by his grace. And we're, when we're under grace, the Bible says that sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law but under grace. The law was the old covenant. We're no longer under the old covenant. We're under a new system. And uh, the old system, the new system is different than the old system. I want you to repeat this after me. Uh, say, I'm under the new covenant. I'm not under law. I'm not under the old covenant. I'm under the new covenant, the new covenant of grace. Say the old covenant is or was, say the old covenant was a relationship with God that was based on what we had to do to qualify for God's blessings. But we're not under that covenant. We're, under, that covenant. we're, under, the new covenant. we're under the new covenant. And the new covenant, the new covenant is, a is a relationship with God that's based on what Jesus did, 
to qualify me. Qualify me. Hallelujah. You're qualified for all his blessings. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. All right, let's make some more confessions. I am, ready? Let's read this together. I am greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved by you. I am the disciple who Jesus loves. I am my father's favorite child. I am the apple of his eye. I am well-pleasing in his sight. I receive the love that my father has for me. Everything I do and touch shall be blessed because I am the beloved. I am loved, <laughs> prosperous, redeemed, forgiven, talented, creative, confident, secure, disciplined, focused, prepared, qualified, motivated, valuable, free, determined, equipped, empowered, anointed, accepted and approved, not average, not mediocre, holy, flawless, without blame, blemish, blameless, and free from accusation. I am a child of the Most High God. I will become all I was created to be in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So in life, when you mess up, you just keep going. Amen. This is not about perfection. It's about just keep going and have fun. Amen. And so um, in Romans chapter 13, I want, want everybody to know um, that uh, we're following the procedures and uh, uh, why, we ha why do we have masks? If you believe God and if you, uh, like Carla said, I mean, we're not, you're not in fear and, and all that. So why, why, so why do we have masks? Why are we practicing social distancing and so forth? Well, it doesn't, that doesn't conflict with, with the word of God. Amen. You can believe God, and, and everybody's at different levels of, of faith, and it's not like, you well, you got less faith if you have a mask. You know, I wear one from time to time. Um, it, 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 but I still believe the same thing. Um, I believe that by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. I believe that uh, surely he will deliver me from the perilous pestilence, the coronavirus. I, I, I don't believe it'll touch me. I don't believe it'll touch you. Amen. Well, why do you put the mask on then? Well, because the Bible tells us to, uh, in, in, in chapter 13 of Romans, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. We have authorities that, that we're under, and we, we follow the guidelines of the state of our nation to the best of our ability. And we, we, we do, have done every, we, I've got a good team of people, Mary and, and the rest of the team who, um, Carla made sure that we're following the guidelines. I mean, we had a, some people come over here and wipe down everything. The baseboards, they were here all day, uh, one day doing that kind of stuff while we're believing God. Okay? And, and we're, and, and so we want to be to make make you as comfortable as you can when you come in the house, so you won't have to think about well, if is our church doing everything that's necessary to do, um, we're doing everything that we can do in the natural, but st we still believe God. 
And I'm like, Carl, I, I want to see your faces too. And sometimes I don't even recognize uh, people when I see them out. Um, you know, if I, if I don't see them that much, I may not recognize. But um, it's just the way it is. And so we, 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 we do these things, and, and we, want, we want people to feel comfortable when they come. We are, we are honoring our authorities when we are following these guidelines that's set forth by our state. Do, do you all understand that? Okay, praise God. And, um, and, then, and then we recognize uh, that, that, that people are at different levels and, and what, what they believe. And some people may say, Pastor, I'm really not there yet. I'm still a little scared. Well, you're still loved. Amen. You just keep, keep under this word and keep hearing about God's amazing love and his, un, his unconditional love and grace. And, and, you know, that fear will leave you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And so uh, nobody's condemning you. I want you to understand that. Nobody around here, Carla's not in, and she was sharing her heart. She's not condemning you. Pastor's not condemning you. Nobody's condemning you. Okay. Just um, if you want to stay home, keep staying home. We're going to still keep bringing the word to you. Amen. We're not going to judge you. Amen. If you want to come, come. Get in where you can fit in. <laughs> Amen, because we're going we're gonna to cover it. Amen, uh, uh, all angles. Praise the Lord. Okay, today we're going to embark on uh, a study in Ephesians. Now, this is not going to be, we're going to go through Ephesians, and, and, but I'm not going to comment on every verse in Ephesians. Okay, we're going to, to highlight certain things, and we're going to, the, uh, I'm, I'm going to teach Ephesians from a standpoint of our, our Christian life. So we're going to, in other words, look at Ephesians in the light of our, our life, our Christian life with Christ. Okay? And so I'm going to give you an outline, and if you have our app, um, you can follow along and take notes. That's a good place that you can digitally type your notes in and even email them to yourself. And I, I've got a fill in the blank if you do have our, our app. And um, if you're taking notes, even written notes, I'm going to give you a, a brief outline um, in just a second. But first, I want to give you really the, the main key that I want you to get from this study. Our Christian life begins with sitting. Sitting, S-I-T-T-I-N-G. Our Christian life doesn't begin with your walk. It begins with you being seated. The Christian life begins with sitting, not your walk. Say it after me. The Christian life, the Christian life does, not does not begin with my walk. It begins, it begins. with me being seated. All right. So we're going to look at Ephesians as it relates to living our lives as believers. And when you are seated, you are rested. 
Seating denotes rest. Okay, now let me give you this outline of Ephesians. Um, and really, it's, it's really beautiful how Ephesians is laid out. Because when it begins to, it, it doesn't start off talking about your walk. It starts off talking about you being seated. It doesn't get into your walk until chapter 4. And it's beautiful how the Spirit of God through the Apostle Paul uh, outlines this. And so, um, three things we're going to deal with with this outline for Ephesians. One, our position in Christ. And I'm, I want to give you a scripture for each one. Number one, in our outline of Ephesians, our position in Christ. Ephesians 2.6. Key verse, Ephesians 2.6. Number two, our life in the world. Our life in the world. Ephesians 4.1. Number three, our attitude toward the enemy. Ephesians 6.11. And I want to present this to you. Let's go back to number one. Number one is our position in Christ. And I want you to put a dash by that if you're taking notes and write the word sit. Number two, our life in the world. Put a little dash or, or hyphen after that and write the word walk. Number three, our attitude toward the enemy. Put a dash and write the word stand. Watchman Nee years ago, he, he uh, lived in the, in the 70s, died in 72. He was born in, uh, I believe, 1908. Has a book called Sit, Walk, and Stand. And that's the inspiration behind, behind this message. Uh, I'm using notes, um, some notes from his book, Sit, Walk, and Stand. And he uses Ephesians. Uh, so we sit, number one. Number two, we walk. Number three, we stand. Again, uh, we're dealing with our position in Christ because that's how Ephesians starts off, with your position in Christ in the first three chapters. Beginning in chapter four, Paul goes into your life in the world or your walk. In the next three chapters, okay, and then um, actually the next two, really, and then in chapter going into chapter six, he deals with our attitude toward the enemy, having done all stand, talking about standing against the the wiles or the strategies of the devil. All right, let's dive into that. Y'all get it? Okay, so Hebrews 1.3 says, uh, after making purification for your sins, we're going to go into this, this first part about being seated, that we're, this, the sit part, okay? 
And so Ephesians, excuse me, Hebrews 1.3 says, having making, have, after making purifications for sins, he, Jesus, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And as we're going to see from Ephesians, this is consistent with what we're going to read in Ephesians, that we, that, that Jesus sat down after he, after he conquered death, after he conquered sin, after he defeated the devil, after he rose from the dead, he sat down. And, and what we're going to see is when he sat down, we sat down because we were identified with Jesus. We are seated together with him in heavenly places. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus. Whatever belongs to Jesus belongs to you. We are blessed with all things. The scripture tells us all things are yours. How are they yours? In Christ. So we're going to look at our position in Christ. See, our, our Christian life begins with us being in Christ. If anyone is in Christ, he is a what? New creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let me see if I could, if I've got this, if I can get this to you real quick. Uh, yes, in the Mirror Bible, it says, listen to this. I love this. In the light of your co-inclusion in his death and resurrection. See, we are identified with Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection. Thank you, Lord Jesus. See, when Jesus was crucified, you were crucified. When Jesus died, you died. When, when Jesus was buried, you were buried. When Jesus was raised, you were raised. When Jesus was seated, you were seated. And that's where we are now. We're seated. Far above. I'm getting ahead of myself. But let me just tell you, you're seated far above the coronavirus. Now, if you can see yourself that way, it can't touch you. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Now, I want you to follow this cl as closely because your Christian life doesn't begin with your walk. See, so much of religion is focused on do, 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 do this. You know, do, 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 your walk, your walk, your walk. Make sure you're walking right. Make sure you're acting right. Make sure you're talking right. But the Christian life doesn't begin with your walk. It begins with you being seated. See, religion says do. Christianity is about done. See, your, your life with Christ, when you're born again, you're already finished. The Bible tells us we are complete in him. I think that's Colossians 3.3. 3. We are com complete in him. See, when, when you first get saved, you start at the finish line. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, that's why, see, when you understand that you're seated, 
then you can understand the statement, you, you don't fight for victory. You're fighting from victory. Because you are already victorious, you are already more than a conqueror. Okay, again, now, oh, I didn't finish this. My goodness, I'm getting excited. In, in the, the light of your co-inclusion in his death and resurrection, watch this. Whoever you thought you were before, in Christ, you are a brand new person. The old ways of seeing yourself and everyone else is over. Acquaint yourself with the new. <laughs> oh, y'all didn't hear that this morning. The old ways of seeing yourself are over. Thank you, Lord. Acquaint yourself with the new. Ephesians 1, again, we're not going to comment on every verse. We're going to focus on sitting, your position in Christ. Walk your life in the world. Stand your, your, your position, your attitude towards the enemy. Okay? The devil is defeated. I said the devil is defeated. Yes. Glory be to God. So, but we're going to focus right now on, on sitting. That's why I got my chair here. Because I'm going to sit. Thank you, Lord. Ephesians 1, um, I, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God. I want you to focus on the first three chapters are about your position in Christ. He, he actually starts out about he, uh, 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 like he starts off before the foundation of the world. Paul, an apostle, you'll see this in a second. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace. Paul starts out off several of his letters by giving them this salutation, grace, this exhortation, grace and peace. Thank you, Lord, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, as the more you learn about Jesus, Peter says grace and peace be multiplied to you. See, there's more grace that comes to you, more peace that comes to you. How, how does it come? Through the knowledge of, of God, of our, of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So the more you learn about Jesus, the more you know about him, the more acquainted you are with him, the more grace and peace are multiplied in your life. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. See, Ephesians starts before the foundation of the world. Watch this. Who has, God has, blessed us. Notice when the blessing has taken place. Past tense. He, he's not going to bless you. Now, I understand what people mean by he's, go, he's going to bless you. I mean, there's manifestations of blessings that happen in your life. But, but it, it, it happens because you're already blessed. The blessing is on you. The word blessing means to bestow, to bestow favor upon. So you're blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Now, spiritual blessings include physical blessings. 
In the Greek, this means blessings, spiritual blessings, are blessings that proceed from the spirit world. You've already been blessed with some spiritual blessings. Are y'all paying attention? Yeah, yeah. Amen. Put that piece of bacon down at, at, at home. Okay, listen, listen with me now. Not some. You're blessed with every spiritual blessing. Everything that you need in your Christian life, you already have it on the inside of you. Even as he chose us in him, you were chosen before the, when? Before the foundation of the world. He chose you in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us. See, he predestined us before the foundation of the world because he loves us. What, he, what did he predestine you for? The adoption to himself. He brought us to himself. How many of y'all say? He saw that before the foundation of the world. He brought you to himself before the foundation of the world. John 6, it, it says, Jesus said, nobody can come to the Father unless the Father draws him. You came to the Father because he drew you. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about, uh, well, you know, there's certain people that's predestined to be saved. I'm not talking about that. That's, that's, that's not what I'm saying. Okay. Um, see, before the foundation of the world, see, because we know that it's not God's will, it's not the Father's will that anyone should perish, but all come to repentance. Okay, so let's just settle that. See, so what this is talking about really is, uh, uh, one of my Bible school professors would say this, Doc Horton. I'm, I'm friend, friends with his son, uh, David Horton, who's preached for us. He said, I, I never will forget, he was teaching on Ephesians. He said, um, God pre-planned a party before the foundation of the world, and he invited whosoever will. <laughs> he predestined us for adoption for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will to the praise of the glory of to the praise of his glorious grace see it's all about his grace we didn't have nothing to do with it all we do is accept We'll see in Ephesians 2, see, by, by grace you've been saved. You see the word grace over and over and over. By grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. We didn't have anything to do with it. It's the gift of God. So faith just receives what's already been provided by his grace. To the praise of his glorious grace with which he has he has blessed us. Again, blessed means uh, bestow favor upon. And we, we talked about this um, not too long ago. 
maybe last week or week before last, I don't remember, but the word blessed, um, which he has blessed us in a beloved. King James uses, uses the word accepted. We've been accepted. The only other time that this, the Greek word translated blessed or accepted is only mentioned twice in the entire New Testament. The only other time it's mentioned is when the angel appeared to Mary and said, uh, Hail, highly favored of the Lord concerning her pregnancy with Jesus. Hail, highly favored. You are highly favored. The word translated highly favored is the same word translated blessed here. Same word translated accepted. We, listen, we don't have to do anything for God to accept us. We're, we were already accepted. It's by his grace he's accepted us. It's by his grace we've been qualified to protect the inheritance. He has blessed us. How? It's all in the beloved, in him, in whom, in Christ. It's all the same thing. In the beloved. Who's the beloved? Jesus. And we are accepted in him, in the beloved. The measure of of Jesus' acceptance is the measure of our acceptance. Say, I'm accepted. I'm blessed. It means to bestow favor upon. Say, I am highly favored. See, we can read it like this. Again, it's also translated highly favored. So, I am highly favored in the beloved. What if you lived your life like that? We don't even talk about walking yet. See, too many people want to jump over here to walk. See, Christianity is not about do. Christianity is about done. See, you're not ready to walk until you understand you're highly favored. Because as you're going to see, our, our walk is, is really about Christ living his life through us. So even your walk is, real, is, is not about you. And your walk becomes effortless. <laughs> Glory be to God. In him, we have, there's in Christ again. In Christ, we have redemption through his blood. We have the forgiveness. We're not trying to be forgiven. We are forgiven. All of our sins have been forgiven on the cross, past, present, and future. We have redemption. We have the forgiveness. We're not trying to be redeemed. We're not trying to be forgiven. We're already forgiven. Through his blood that he shed for us on the cross. According, here's that word grace again, to not just grace, the riches of his grace. Whew, which he lavished upon us. I looked up that word lavish. Just got curious this morning. I'm like, what, what does that mean in the Greek? You know what? It means abundance. It means um, more than enough. 
Oh, my goodness. So we, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. More than enough. That reminds me of one of God's names, El Shaddai. The riches of his grace have been poured out. One of the, one of the words, I, 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 if I remember correctly, for um, lavished is uh, left over. Because it's more than enough. It's like it's more. You got more than enough grace for life. There's no, there's, there's no better life. There's no plan B in Christianity. There's nothing else, what I'm trying to say, there's nothing else other than living by grace. He's lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time. See, he planned, he pre-planned this before the foundation of the world as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance. Having been, say, I have an inheritance. Okay, having been predestined according to the purpose of him. See, he did it. Who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. See, we, we are, uh, are for the praise of God's glory. See, see, the Bible tells us in, in Peter that we're a chosen generation. We're a royal priesthood. You're royalty. That we, watch this, should show forth the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We should be the pra to the praise of his glory. In him, notice how many times it talks about in him, in the beloved. In him, see, that's how God sees us is in Christ Jesus. Okay? Um, like, I use this illustration a lot, uh, like this envelope right here. This is you, and this Bible is Christ. And we put this envelope in here. Where's the envelope? It's in him. The envelope is inside this Bible. You are in Christ. God sees you in Christ Jesus, hallelujah. hallelujah. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Let me just say something about that. You were sealed. The Holy Spirit lives in your spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. The Holy Spirit lives in your spirit. And when you're sealed, and you say, I'm sealed. I'm sealed. See, so, so the good can't get out. <laughs> the bad can't get in. Right. 
I, I got some ball jars at home. And you can, you put those, they got a, they's got a seal, right? And, and so, so, so the bad stuff can't get in. And the goodness that you put in there, hopefully you put some goodness in there, and it can't get out. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we receive the possession of it to the praise of his glory. For this reason. Now, he gets to, into a prayer that he prays for the church at Ephesus, and we can pray this prayer over ourselves as well. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Okay, now hold up. So, sometimes people think that, well, uh, we just pray for people with problems. But no, we need to pray for each other, whether you face with problems or whether you're in a crisis or not. Because notice what Paul said. He said, I heard of your faith. I've heard of your love, but I'm still praying for you. We all need prayer. Sometimes we, we look at people and we, we think that, oh, they got it all together. We don't need to pray for them. But you don't know what anybody's going through. Amen? And even when you're operating by faith and you, you are um, on top with all things under your feet, praise the Lord. I mean, you're going to have challenges in life. Just because you walk by faith doesn't mean you're not going to have any problems. The crisis in life comes to all of us. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. The, 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 <laughs> but that doesn't change the fact that we're victorious, that we're more than conquerors. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, the Bible says, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. So you never know what somebody's going through. Well, they're walking by faith. We don't need to pray for them. No, we need to pray for uh, uh, each other. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So, just a side note here. Remembering you in my prayers, verse 17, he gets into the prayer. And you can, again, pray these prayers over yourself that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's, um, I was kind of warming up to get to this point here. All that was kind of backdrop, some, hit some side issues, but we, we want to focus on this seated here. I want, want us to look at this very carefully, students. Amen. We should be students of the word. Amen. Uh, every church needs teaching. Amen. Preaching is good. Preaching is proclamation. Teaching is explanation. Jesus tells us to go into all the world, go, go and, and teach all nations. Make disciples of all nations. All right. So we're teaching here that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now remember that now this is a prayer. And I also want you to know that 
and I like to remind you of this from time to time, the Bible was not written in chapter and verses. So in the original language, there's no italicized words. There's no even small case letters. They're all uppercase letters. There were no verse distinctions. There were no chapter divisions. It was one continuous letter. And I, I want you to keep that in mind as we're reading this because we're going to read into um, chapter 2 to show us our, our position in Christ as being seated. So he's praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable. You see how blessed we are? You, you, you notice these words, the riches of his uh, or the, the um, glorious inheritance in the saints, the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us. See, God's power is, is towards us who believe. Well, let me just stop right here because we're getting ready to go into something. But I want to say this while it just came up. Christianity, now this makes, to religious people, this sounds crazy, okay? But listen up. Listen up, class. Christianity is not about you serving God. It's about him serving you. Well, I think we ought to serve God. Well, wait till chapter 4. Okay? It's, it's really not. See, we serve God. I mean, I'm serving him right now. We've got people in here serving God, but it should be out of the overflow of him serving us. See, when we receive grace properly, um, we're going to serve. We're going to do whatever we can to advance the kingdom. All of us have our part. Got guys like um, doing things behind the scenes that you'll never see that enables me to be able to do what I'm doing right now. What if I had to come out here last week and clean up the 4th of July mess that was out in the parking lot? And, but, but, you know, Shemaine's up there early and, Sh and, and Shatan and they're, they're cleaning the stuff out. And they just got all the big stuff. It took us two days to clean that stuff up. They had a show on Saturday night in our parking lot. And so, even Monday, got Dave Benner coming out. Well, Pastor, you didn't mention me. You know what I did? The, the Lord sees what you did. I don't always see it. In fact, if I didn't have that ring security uh, camera out there, I wouldn't have saw what Dave did because he didn't do it to be seen. He was out there cleaning stuff up. There's a lot of little stuff all over the lot. But I'm, I'm just bringing that out to say that, that there, there are people who serve and, and see, and, and they do it gladly. That doesn't mean they feel like doing it. 
Huh? And sometimes people misunderstand grace, and we'll get, in, we'll get into this. But Paul said, I labor more abundantly than them all. He said, but not I, but the grace of God that is within me. When you receive grace properly, you're going to work. And you're going you're gonna to do it with a glad heart, and you're going to do it by, by the strength of God. Hallelujah. Notice how Paul said he did it. He said, I labor more abundantly than them all, yet not I, but the grace of God that is within me. Y'all want to know that? Y'all should know that scripture. It's uh, 1 Corinthians chapter, it's, uh, I'm going to say, yeah, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It couldn't be 2 Corinthians by process of elimination because that only has 12 chapters. So, it, it's, it's Corinthians 15, so it has to be the first one. Verse uh, 10, thank you, Jesus. Because so, I want you to see there's something in here that you could miss if you're not careful. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. See, the work that he did started with him being seated. Being under grace. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. What does it mean? What does it, what does it mean his, his grace wasn't in vain? See, when you receive God's grace and, and you, don't, you don't serve him, you don't, you don't participate in anything in church, you don't, I mean, you don't, you don't do anything. You say, well, I'm under grace. I don't have to work. Well, see, you're receiving the grace of God in vain. See, when, when you really receive grace properly, you're going to find out what can I, you, you're going to ask the Lord, what can I do? How can I serve you? Because you've been so good to me. How can I sit here and not help nobody else? How can I not be a blessing to somebody else? Hallelujah. It's not like, oh, I'm going to have to do something. I guess I pastor want me to serve, so I guess I better figure out what I can do. I don't know. I don't know. I don't got much time. But No, it's not about that. That's, that's not how to serve. Amen. And as a pastor, see, I, I used to get guilt trip people in the in the service. Now y'all need y'all know y'all just sitting there. And y'all know we need help. Y'all need to get, y'all need to get up and do something. Don't just sit there and get fat on the word, and, you know. Huh? But see, when the Lord puts it on your heart, you already motivated, huh? He said, the grace of God wasn't in vain towards me. On the contrary, I work harder than any of them. Though it wasn't me. See, there it is. It wasn't me. But the grace of God is within me. I'm, I'm, in, 
I'm in our, our life in the world. I'm in, I'm in number two now. Let me get back to number one. But it starts with us being seated. See, when, when you're seated properly, see, when you're seated, you're at rest. Back into, into chapter one. Y'all still with me? Okay, in this, in this prayer, he says, and that they would know what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might, which, that, which, that, that he worked in Christ. Now, I wish I would have highlighted that. I want you to just, in your notes, just, just um, or in your Bible, mark it, highlight it. Digital highlight, you highlight with a marker, because this is a key verse in what, what, what we're going to go into, that he worked, talking about his mighty power, that he worked in Christ, that God worked in Christ. Remember, we were with him when he was dead and crucified, buried, and all of that. We were included with him. God saw us in him. We were with him on that cross. That he worked in Christ when he raised him. Say, he raised him. Say, he worked in Christ when he raised him. All right. When he raised him from the dead and seated him. At his right hand in the heavenly places. Okay, seated him. But what does that have to do with me? I already gave you a clue. We were identified with him in every aspect of his death, burial, and resurrection. When he's seated, you were seated. Far above. Where was he seated? Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named not only in this age, but also in the one which is to come. So that, this means that he was raised far above every demon, every evil spirit. Glory be to God. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Far above all these demons. And he put all things... Under his feet. Now, feet are located in your body, aren't they? Okay. Jesus is the head of the church. He's at the right hand of the Father. And we're seated together with him. But his body is on the earth. We're, we're in two places. We're on earth and we're seated with him. Feet are located in the body. So when it says he put all things under his feet, that means all things are under our feet. Because the feet are in the body. So we're far above demons. So the devil's under your feet. Just look under your feet. See, the the devil is in defeat. <laughs> he put all things under his feet, gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, 
the fullness, see here it is, it shows us the church is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now he's, we're going into chapter two, but I want you to notice it's not split up in chapter and verses, it was a continuous letter. So watch this. And you were dead in trespasses and sins. Notice you were dead. Now, the verb that drives this verse is in chapter 1, verse 20, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. I want you to listen to this. This is a key part of this teaching today. The verb that controls this verse is in verse 20 of chapter 1 when it says, which he worked in Christ. So in a context, what this means is, what this really says in the Greek, if you put verse 20 together with verse 1, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and you when you were dead. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. If you put verse 20 and verse 1 together, because the, the verb that controls this verse is in chapter 20 is the word worked, which he worked in Christ. Again, we were identified with him, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and you when you were dead. So, in the Greek, this reads like this. And you, when you were dead in trespasses and sins. I hope I didn't confuse anybody, but this verse, simple way to say it, is connected to verse 20 in the previous chapter, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And you, when you were dead in the trespasses and sins, you were raised. And we're going to see that. And you're going to see it in the context. This is, this is absolutely uh, the correct translation of this. He raised you when you were dead. See, you raised with him. Glory to God. In which you once walked. I ain't there no more, but you once walked. You weren't there. I mean, you're not there now, but you were. This is how you used to walk. According to the course of this world following the prince of the power of the air. Even if you didn't know it, before you got saved, you were under the control of the enemy, the devil. Following the prince of the, of the power of the air, the spirit that... See, we know we're not there anymore because he said we've been raised far above him. We were far above... I mean, excuse me, we are far above them now, but we used to follow the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now is now at work in the sons of disobedience or those people who, who aren't saved, among whom we all once. Now, really, verses 2 through 4 are really a, a, a parenthetical statement. It actually, it could be in parentheses. I don't want you to forget that y'all still with me? Yes. I don't want y'all to forget that, that when Jesus was raised, you were raised. Yes. 
The power that raised Jesus from, Jesus from the dead raised you from the dead. And, and, and then, man, coupled with that, Romans 8, 11, and if the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he that raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body by his spirit who dwells in you. See, Jesus operated under the operation of the Spirit of God, and, and he said that I'm not going to leave you helpless. I'm going to send you another helper, and we have the same Holy Spirit in us that Jesus had in him, and he said the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do because I go unto my Father. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. It is good news. Hallelujah. I want to back up. I want, you, I want to read this in the context here, and let's just slip. Let's just kind of speed through the parentheses verses, two through four. I'm going to go back. And you, when you were dead, let's go back a little further, class, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and you, when you were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work at the sun, in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all walked, we all lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and, and, and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, made us alive together. You see it? Made us alive together with Christ. Amen. The same time that Jesus was made alive, you were made alive. You are seated by grace. You have been saved and raised us up. Y'all getting it? Yeah. Raised us up. <clears throat> raised us up. Raised you up. Put your name in there instead of us. Raised Al up with him. Yeah. Somebody got it. And, 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 and seated us. This is how the Christian life starts with you being seated and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. See, the Christian life doesn't start with walking. Walking follows being seated. See, when, when you're walking or standing, I'm going to close with this illustration. When you, you're walking or standing, the, in, the entire weight of your body rests on your legs. But that's why I got this chair up here. So, but when you're seated, 
chairs in the way. I mean, there's tables in the way. Okay. Ah, it feels good to be seated. Thank you, Lord. Notice the entire weight now. Anybody, anybody work on their feet all day? Boy, I tell you what, you feel good to come home. I'm going to do that today. I'm, I've been on my feet while I'm going to just sit down. You take a load off your feet. You heard that expression? Come on, take a load off your feet. When I was in Bible school, I worked at a convenience store all day. I worked the midnight shift. And we had supervisors that would come and check on us. And one of the rules was you couldn't sit down. I worked seven and a half hour shift, something like that. And when the supervisor, they would come in the middle of the night. Because on a midnight shift in the convenience store where, where I was in Tulsa, you know, there's not a whole lot of people coming in there at three, four in the morning. And in the midnight shift, that's when I, I had to do most of the work <laughs> that they couldn't do during the day. I had to shine up and polish the, um, the uh, what you call the gas tanks and um, go and clean the bathrooms, wax the floors, stuff like that. I, I became an expert at waxing. <laughs> but that's a whole other story for another day. I was so good at it that when, I was, when, when, when I, my manager, when he would leave and go to another store, he would request me, and I would follow him around. When he'd go to a new store, he wanted me, me to be his nightman. Just brag on myself a little bit, say, Give, give, give pastor a hand. So, but, but, the, but, but the supervisors would come and check on the stores, and they would park on the side of the building. They'd try to sneak up on you to see whether or not you're sitting down. <laughs> and I, I learned how to, how to kind of cheat a little bit. I would, I would be leaning on the counter, because, man, I tell you what, three or four in the morning, you'd be tired. Anybody ever, ever feel like you want to sleep standing up? Yeah. You know, unless you're a horse, you can't really sleep standing up. So I, 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 I tried stuff, man. I did all kinds of stuff. But, uh, but we, 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 we couldn't have a chair. But, but y'all know if, if y'all had a job like, like that where you had to be on your feet the whole time you come on, man, you just want to sit down. And see, when you walk in, stand in the, the weight, your weight's on your, on, on your feet on, or on your legs. But when you're seated, now all, all the weight, when you go on a, on a sofa or on a chair, all the weight is resting on this chair. And that's the same way in the spirit realm that we need to put the entire weight or our entire, the entire load of our life, our entire life, ourselves, our future, the entire weight of our life on him. The Bible tells us to cast all of our care. First Peter 5, 7, all of our worries all our anxieties, once and for all on him, for he cares for you. See, he cares for you affectionately. Affectionately, he cares about you watchfully. Listen, we let him bear the responsibility for our lives. 
and we cease to carry it ourselves because see, when, when you're seated, guess what? After a long day of work and you've been on your feet all day and you come home and you sit, you're resting. So in Christ, when you're seated, you're resting in the finished work of Jesus. You're trusting him to do it for you. You're trusting that it's done. And you're fighting again, not for victory. You're fighting. You're fighting from victory. Victory, your legs across. Something comes against you, you just take authority over it, knowing that it's already done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One last verse. I want to read it from uh, the Amplified, but first for the ESB, ESV. Jesus answered them. Well, let me give you the question first. The, the disciples asked Jesus, what, what must we do, do to do the works of God? I mean, obviously, I mean, they, they, they saw Jesus do a whole lot of stuff. Heal the lepers, open blind eyes, cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead, all that kind of stuff. That's a great question. What do we do to do the works of God? And he said, you may be surprised at his answer if you never heard this. This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. The work of God is belief. And so, so, so many times people are asking, what must I do to do this? What must I do to get this to stop happening? What must I do? What must I do, 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 do? Believe. What must I do to win in life? Believe. And one of the things is to believe is to believe that you're righteous by faith. Believe, believe, listen, take a position of being seated. See, when you receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, I mean, the devil is finished messing with you. When you know who you are in Christ, you become unstoppable, and there's nothing the devil can do to you. When you receive your righteousness in Christ, when you understand that you are the righteousness of God in Christ, that you are not guilty, that you are, are fully pleasing to God, acceptable to God, it eliminates, listen, it eliminates an inferiority complex. There's so many people walking around with an inferiority complex. They don't know who they are in Christ. But when you receive your righteousness, when you just believe, I'm righteous. See, it's called faith righteousness. And the reason why you got to receive it every day is because you're going to see evidence in the mirror to the contrary. You're not going to look very righteous sometimes. You're not, come on, somebody, you're not going to feel very righteous sometimes. So you're going to have to receive it by faith. Believe I am righteous. I don't care how I feel. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how I acted yesterday. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And God doesn't bless me based on my performance. He blesses me because of Jesus. Thank you very much. 
get out of my face, devil. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I mean, on the job, when, when your boss is yelling at you, on the inside, you're standing up. No, rather, you're seated. And you say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. No matter what, these are just words, but no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Doesn't feel good to get cussed out, does it? Doesn't, doesn't feel good to be called everything but a child of God, does it? That's why you need to know who you are. Jesus said, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. Next question. That's the work to believe. Amplified says, Jesus answered, this is the work of God that you believe, adhere to, trust in, rely on, and have faith in the one whom he has sent. See, that's what you're doing when you're seated. When you, see, when you work, God rests. When you rest, God works. Christianity starts with you sitting, not with you walking. Christianity is not about you serving God. It's about God serving you. When you stop working, when you stop focusing on working and giving, you'll learn how much of a giver that God is and how much of a worker he is. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Woo! Feels good to be seated, doesn't it? Amen. I could sit here for, for a spell. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You get something out of this? Glory to God. Thank you, Lord.